we were doing interviews upstairs in room 118. I did not see it happen, but I was in the room and my team is so freaking stealth. We were all around the big long table and the interviewee was just kind of, we did like a big group interview and a worm fell from the ceiling <laughs> onto the table. <laughs> did the interviewer see Nobody it? noticed. Apparently one of my staff just very coyly was like, and I was I like, feel- you kept a worm under your hand <laughs> like the whole thing. <laughs> that is commitment. Thanks for joining us for another episode. I'm Keith. I'm Kate. I'm Renee. And it's okay if you're not okay. Today we're doing our very first ever part two podcast episode. So our last episode, we talked about grief and particularly grief related to death, losing losing somebody. And after that, we talked a couple different times about how we really didn't talk about other types of loss. And so we wanted to continue that conversation today. So we're going to talk about uh, loss and experiencing loss outside of death and then how we uh, cope with that and reframe that. So, Kate, I think it was you who first sort of brought up or pointed out the fact that we missed this whole arena of loss in in our last episode. Yeah, I just, I mean, you said it great. I think when we were talking, I just felt that Oftentimes, we as humans experience loss in some way every day, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, for sure every week, because loss doesn't have to be this huge, grandiose experience. Hmm. And the importance of normalizing loss, and so, as sometimes when we talk about loss, having it be something that we can celebrate, something that we don't celebrate, mm-hmm. kind of that experience around it, but having the conversation about what that can mean to people, how that impacts their life, how we build resilience around that. Yeah. That's interesting. So obviously I was on board with the topic of loss outside of just death. I hadn't thought about in date in like in a daily piece. So what 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 is an example of a loss we may experience on a daily basis, on like a regular basis? Yeah, so if you don't you don't mind if I jump in here, I, I used to I love this. I was like you both really just kind of jumped on board with the continuation of this conversation at a different level. I used to do a, a training on loss, and I loved pointing out the different kind of sides. I would always go to kind of the side of the coin, right? Losses that are are really um, losses that we mourn, and then there are losses that we celebrate. Hmm. And so I even talk to folks about sunrise, sunset, right? Oh, we yeah. we lose the sun, we get the sun. Interesting. All right, just even to, to put loss in a very, um, more, again, kind of simple, just me, just kind of singular, contextual Right. We, we lose the sun. We get the moon. We lose the moon. We get the sun. And that happens. Conti- we lose light. We get dark. We, mm-hmm. we lose dark. We get light. Yeah. Um, so, again, just even kind of ma- looking at all the, the, the natural things that manufacture loss. I think that's helpful in the idea of losing and gaining something at the same time. Uh-huh. I think one thing that's different about that cycle from maybe some of the loss that we experience in, in our lives is that we know what we're going to gain uh, yep. ahead of time. So when we lose the sun, we know we're gaining night. We might gain a beautiful scene of stars. When we lose night, we know we're gaining sun already. Yeah. And even even that when we're in the night, we know we're eventually going to get sunshine again. So that, that's different than the loss that we ex- experience yeah. or regularly, Or is right? it? Or is Interesting. it? Interesting. So I guess I would, for myself, I would respond with, whether it be an acute loss 
um, a, a, again, to go back to our last episode, a death in the family, whether it's a man, somebody hit me on the interstate and I just lost a car because it was hmm. totaled. I don't necessarily have a money for a car payment right now. Um, whether I uh, celebrated a child losing a tooth. So I want to go back and, and just conceptualize hmm. that anticipated or not. The one thing I can learn to anticipate or have some semblance of control over is myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can choose to grow and develop through that loss or stay stuck in it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the sun leaving and I go, okay, I have darkness right now. I believe the sun's going to come up tomorrow and I'll have light again. What do I do in this space of darkness anticipating light tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I've lost my car. Okay. This is a pretty dark place for me. What do I do in these moments of quote unquote darkness to move me into a space where I feel better? So maybe like 24 hour example and maybe long term example. Yeah. Do you have examples (laughs) of what people can do who are listening to get themselves unstuck? Because especially with someone with depression or just any any of us in general sure. can get in that place of, I don't know how to move beyond. Yeah. And because of that, I'm kind of getting that freeze mode and can't figure out how to move. Do you have any yeah. suggestions? My gut response to that, Kate, is don't go through it alone. So harness, man, the vulnerability and the courage in that moment to say, uh, I'm stuck I need someone that I, I trust, love, and care just to, to sit alongside me. They might not have the answers. They might not be able to uh, procure me a car in, in that moment or through my devastation. But I don't have to sit in that space alone ever, right? Mm-hmm. And that could be um, someone physically. That could be reaching out to a friend electronically. That could be a crisis line. But again, doing something with someone else uh, tends to just be a safer option and it and it scoots us out of our bubble a little quicker. Yeah, well said. And I think that the, the metaphor you just use, you know, thinking about sunrise and sunset and, it, you know, my first response is that's different than life. As you explain that, I realize that it doesn't have to be, you know, when we're in darkness, we can be anticipating when the, the sun returns. And in, in real life, that the sun returning rarely ever looks like the same sun that was there True. when we lost something. So right. that's I think that's one departure from that metaphor is it's not the same thing that comes back, mm-hmm. but there's a, a new light maybe that comes. And I think that that's something that's been helpful in my life. I was thinking about some of the most significant losses that I've had uh, outside of death. And some of those have been um, a loss of an anticipated future. So yeah. something in life... I thought it was going to go one way and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And it really changed the trajectory of yeah. life for years and years after that. One of the things that was most helpful for me in the, in that, being able to sit and be okay with the fact of saying, this sucks. Yeah. Like just saying, it's okay. You know, we've talked about empathy versus sympathy. And I think oftentimes when someone sees that we're hurting, especially because it's something that maybe somebody else did to us or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you didn't get that dream job, which th- that was... That was one of my experiences. The one I'm thinking of right now is a job that I thought for sure I was going to get. And then through a series of things that I perceived to be unjust, I didn't get an opportunity to to apply for a job. And so and so that was part of my processing that. But so everybody wanted to be like, oh, you know, that, you know, that stinks. But and then do those statements of sympathy, Mm -hmm. like at least at least oh. well, not, at least now you'll have more time to be with your kids or at least you, 
you know, at least you still have flexibility with your time. And if you got that job, you wouldn't. And, you know, trying to sober line it mm-hmm. instead of empathizing. And so I think in the midst of that, what was really important for me was to pause and say, this sucks. And I know it's going to be okay. And when I say this sucks, I don't actually ever say that in real life. So I feel like I almost I'm swearing on this yeah. podcast by saying yeah, this Yeah, this sucks. is not key. <laughs> <laughs> because, so you know, if I'm saying this sucks, I mean, it really has to stink. You know, like I, I think that's a beautiful, I, I think that's absolutely beautiful that you said that because the one thing you don't ever have to do in loss is get rid of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get rid of any feeling, anything thought that that comes around that you get to own that and you get to right behave in a in a way that's best and safest for you but if anyone tells you you should be over a loss by now you can that's not the person i need you to be with right that uh, um loss is you can uh acknowledge a loss indefinitely and still move through processes of healing yeah. and grieving and that's okay mm-hmm. one so, of the most fascinating uh, things about this experience so i could say stop and pause and say you know this stinks i can't even keep saying sucks anymore because <laughs> i feel like my mom's gonna wash my mouth out with soap uh, <laughs> i would buy to say that <laughs> but uh i you know, like, even though I was in the midst of saying that and, and coming to terms with the fact that it's okay for me to sit in this place of loss and grief, I was doing so knowing that eventually I would feel better and things would work out. Like, that was never a doubt to me. So I, I had already a sense of hope. But what happened then was just a few weeks later, I mean, just a few weeks, a friend of mine didn't get a job that he thought for sure he was going to get. And I went to lunch with him, and he started... Uh, and we've been texting and things, and he was saying, well, at least it's this, at least it's that. And I was like, you know, it's okay for you to just to stop and say, this stinks. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledge that. Yeah, that is okay. This hurts. Yeah. yeah. That, it's okay for you to say that. Yes, all those other things are true. You're, you're going to have a different great job, and uh, it's all going to work out. But my ability to pause in that moment and help him create space for acknowledging that loss was really meaningful for him and his process of recovering from that to move forward. And so for me then, it allowed me to almost redeem the loss that I had experienced in helping somebody else to... Rise up from there. Rise up from theirs. But how how valuable, and I think that you, you gave to him more authenticity in that moment because you have had an experience, right? You were, again, just, just kind of muscle memory, body memory probably exp- remembering some of that experience for yourself yeah. without even purposely drawing on it to provide that encouragement as Keith is talking and talked about hope and talked about engaging with a friend and ha- and having hope and having anticipation I'm struck with depression can be the yeah. hope killer yeah, yeah that's what exactly. I was thinking right? we're talking about it yeah. I mean, it can be the absolute yeah. we talk about worthlessness and hopelessness and so to lose a job to lose a home we know this can happen to any walk of life, right. mm-hmm. any any socioeconomic position. And I think that's where my gut answer came from. Don't do this alone. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes if we are presented with loss and and mental illness, we aren't the best like cheerleaders of hope. And mm-hmm. that that's okay. That You're we right. can ask others, can you can you come along and do this for me? I can't yeah. right now. Enough is just getting out of bed in the morning. Right. 
it's important if you are listening and you're that person someone is coming to to understand that the feelings of helplessness hopelessness that's not a choice they need support they need help love them guide them without getting frustrated to the best you can and i noticed you never said fix them Right, that I think that's an can't. easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right? That, yeah, <laughs> I think that's just an easy feeling for someone to get into. Like, yeah. let me let me take this loss away from you. I've even probably said that. Right, I wish it was me. I wish it happened yeah. to mm. me. What I think you're likely are really feeling is that you uh, have such empathy for the person. You yeah. feel bad that they are experiencing that yeah. loss. That you really wish you could take it away for them. And it's not True. that you are trying to fix it, but just like you you've entered so far into their sadness or their mm-hmm. loss that you're you are feeling it too and you wish that they didn't have to feel it. It hurts to yeah. see somebody hurt. Yeah. I, you yeah. know? One of the things that is important to remember, because it's uncomfortable if we see someone hurting, we naturally want to fix it for them yeah. out of that discomfort in being there, as well as we want to fix everything for ourselves that we're experiencing in that moment. And if we can't fix it immediately it's easy to shut down and lose that hope in whatever you're facing and just understanding that that's normal. That's okay. It takes time. And eventually down the road, you'll be able to see why you experienced what it was Mm -hmm. or be able to find the silver lining in whatever you've experienced, but there's no timeline for loss and it might take 10 years, 15 years to figure out a benefit that may have come from something I don't even like using the word benefit, but something that's not so bad that came from a bad yeah. situation and give yourself that time and that grace to navigate it because it or, takes a while. Yeah. Or, or something is as profound as homelessness, mm-hmm. right? That mm. you, if you've lost housing or lost employment, I don't know why those are probably the maybe like two biggest things that I, I even think that um, my my staff runs across here as we are really engaging with folks coming in our walk-in clinic. Housing and employment are are huge. Yeah. I mean, they're a lot of part of my self-worth, right? How sure. can I provide for myself or for my family and mm-hmm. a roof over my head and heat? And there can be daily, hourly reminders that we have lost something. And to go back to not doing it alone, and Kate, you you mentioned and, and have mentioned a couple times the caregiver role that caregivers can also get support and help mm-hmm. too. Yeah, nobody has to do any of this alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've lost lost academically, yeah. you know, lost relationship stuff, and I feel like the most poignant loss in my life right now isn't m- my specific loss, but I'm watching my parents age. Mm. Okay, and yeah. watching them maybe lose some things that I uh, knew to be true of them, hmm. right? Yeah. Um, how fast they can do a puzzle with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's, it's and how I experience that is, is my choice. Am I willing to slow down? Hmm. Am I willing, um, right, to embrace whatever they have to give in the moment and not continue to dwell on what used to be. Mm-hmm. And and that that has to be a personal journey that, that I do. And so I've turned to friends, I've turned to family. Cause it's real, right? It is, yeah. it is super real and there's not death, there's life. I am celebrating that yeah. so very much, but there's loss mm-hmm. in age. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
another significant one uh, thinking about sometimes that a, a significant other of some kind so not yes. in death but um, divorce whether your kid and your parents are divorcing yes. or um, you know boyfriend girlfriend you know partners of any kind this a breakup of, of something something like that, yeah, that um, first love that yeah you yeah. thought it was gonna be forever <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden it's not yeah and that's another one that's significant life change that can feel and be experienced almost the same as a death a yes. death is uh, mm-hmm. even though no one died and I just I just keep coming back to that that point of I mean those are really big ones and there's lots of smaller ones but I I think one of the biggest most important things I have learned about it is just acknowledging the loss like just acknowledging that that hurts and it yeah and there's pain there and yeah. like and that it's okay yeah and yeah. pausing there and saying this is bad this this is hard and and just I'm gonna live in this for a little bit and then eventually I'm not going to but I'm going I know I'm here and I'm gonna acknowledge that fact and eventually I'll be someplace else but just acknowledging that darkness acknowledging the night yeah. and then being able to Mm-hmm. anticipate at some point the day coming for sure and I the, the other kind of half of my my training is you know kind of how we're, we're built for this as human beings um, and so I like to take maybe some larger scale examples like a, a, a divorce um, a breakup the end of a relationship a significant relationship and take that uh, kind of you know scale it down a little bit and say hey do you remember when um, somebody moved away from mm. school. One of your friends moved away when you were in school. What about um, the next door neighbors moved and that was your bestest friend to play with? I mean, I, these are all examples that I can come yeah. up with, right? Wow. Okay. I've had relationships end. How did I manage those? Yeah. I recognize that one of them, I was probably in kindergarten. You know, then I was in high school and folks moved away. Okay. I've experienced a loss of someone physically in my life wow, I've been successful in that before. And again, it's using that, that word hope. So again, I, I have to create that for myself sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and draw and is there a on... Piece of, exactly. <laughs> I mean, is there a piece of mindfulness there where you're think, thinking about and reflecting, what, what did I do in that time that was a smaller situation that helped me be able to, to manage that loss and get through that loss and, and thrive afterwards? And what are those, like trying to identify some of those yeah. types of skills, sure. which we wouldn't have never, we would never have called them skills maybe when we experienced them Absolutely. in kindergarten or high school. Mm-hmm. But what are the things we did that made that okay? And then how can we apply some uh, similar things to this new, present, really dark experience, whatever that we're, they're having Yeah, now? right. I, I cried, okay? Yeah. I told my parents I really missed this person. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. I kind of spent some time without hanging out with that person or maybe another close friend for a while. Sometimes it really stunk coming home from school because I didn't have that person to sit with. Yeah. So I would probably cry some more. That just still happens to this day, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But then it was, would I be willing to say hi to somebody else? Hmm. Would I be willing to sit at another table? Oh, it might go miserably. That absolutely sure. might happen. Wow, that person's doing something I really like doing. I might go over to the playground there. I did. I lost an absolute best friend in kindergarten. She moved. And I know that that has added to my my fibers of resiliency. Hmm. So how do we draw from those things? And yeah. so my mindfulness is I am built to live through loss, right? Mm. Just kind of that that mantra. Um, and again, I talk about it. We celebrate kids losing teeth. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a loss. Losing teeth. And it's right. a celebration. And so I really just try to not get into all or nothing thinking because that would be my slippery slope. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's relatable or yeah. if... no, I, it is. I, yeah. I mean, even even if it's not this, the list of the same things, uh, the just the practice of hearing you go back to that memory and pull some things out. Yeah. Even if my memory of some loss I experienced back yay win is completely different. Yeah. You've still given us the the example of how you could go back and think through step by step what you did. And then I've been divorced. Okay. And so what did I do? I called my mom. I cried. I cried. I called my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, when you, when you kind of, I I hunker into that. Wait a minute. I know this. I know I can ask for help. I know I can emotionally express myself. Okay. Now I know that if I, um, can go ahead and honor these feelings day over day that in time I can recognize that there may be one, 1% less the next day, hmm. 2% less the next day and 1% worse the next day. Right. And I can watch myself go through time as a healer, but I, ha- I have to choose that. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to also recognize over time how resilient you are, because I feel that, in some cases, it's easy to forget how strong that we are because we can get in that dark place. We feel like we can't get through it. We don't know what we're going to do. And to whether it's I'm biased because I love lists. I love writing everything down. And Renee's rolling her eyes because we all know how she feels about journaling. But, <laughs> but whatever that means. She loves it to, for everybody else except for her. Right? Amen. Oh. If it means charting something really quickly in your phone in the notes section or whatever that is, when you notice. We, <laughs> okay, I do that. <laughs> when you notice a win, it's okay to celebrate yourself. Yeah. And then yeah. you have that note to pull back to that's in your phone on a dark time when you were just like, I... I can't do this. I'm weak. I can't make it through. You can pull back yeah. and go, okay, this is that time that I made it through. This is what I did. Yeah. Okay. There's my reminder. And, and every mm-hmm. time you get through one thing, it helps make the next thing a little bit easier to get through. Yeah. yeah. The, one of the best techniques or interventions that we talk about, especially in the, like the worry world is success is the best form of treatment. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so if you are nervous, scared, terrified overwhelmed in doing something doing it and being successful at it is the absolutely most successful form of going okay awesome i can come to terms with that now mm-hmm. yeah that makes me think i was just got done with a training on um responding to a, a crisis situation in in person and uh, one of the things that we talked about there is maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah. which probably many people are familiar with but you think about as you're experiencing the loss and that basic need, you know, those basic human needs of mm-hmm. food, tier and one, water, right? yep. tier yep. one, yeah. and then <laughs> safety and security, and then healthy relationships, and then it's accomplishments, accomplishments and then yes, self-actualization. Correct. Yeah. And you think about that, just that just rang a bell based on some of the things we've just talked about. Some of the most significant losses, the hardest are lost a house, a job. So some of that basic human yes. needs. And before a person may be able to feel like they're able to jump into, well, first of all, healthy relationships asking for help is they need to figure out how they're going to meet those basic needs of food and and place to stay. Mm -hmm. But once you've asked for help, then that next place is trying to figure out where that accomplishment is. And Mm -hmm. then you can get to that self-actualization, that that piece of being able to recognize where you're at in the midst of this loss and then moving forward with that. 
and and tough too when I go back to when sometimes you have those daily reminders of I yeah. don't have a job. Yeah, well, the friend who moved away and who isn't sitting next to you on the bus anymore. Right. Yep. And I would yeah. say as we talk about success and accomplishments to take our blinders off and realize success and accomplishments doesn't just mean achieving your ideal outcome. Right. Because you can have yes. a loss and still be successful because you've pulled a learning opportunity from that, a new skill. Maybe you hated journaling before and now you like journaling because you found it worked for you in that moment. There are things that we can pull from it. You might not be able to do it in that time. You might not be able to have the self-awareness to recognize it. But there is something that we do in situations that make it successful, even if you don't have the outcome that you desired. Yeah. Sometimes when we talk about pe- accomplishment and success, people don't give themselves the credit that they deserve. Like yeah. you don't getting a new job, purchasing a new home. Hey, no, it might be filling out an application today, yeah. getting out of your home to fill out a new application. It yeah. might be finding a, a warm place to sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Those can be those small things. When I was experiencing that situation I mentioned about not getting that job, for me, one of the like some of the goals I set myself in the midst of that was continuing to do good work yeah. and not causing a lot of drama. You mm-hmm. know, like not talking bad about people in the midst of that. Like those were the goals. It wasn't, yeah. I gotta find another job or I gotta run. And probably earlier in my life, my response would have been, I got to get the heck out of here and go find some other place to work because, yeah. and really, yeah. and so that's say, an I'm example. I'm accomplishments as you're talking. I'm, mm-hmm. yeah. As an example of how I had, have learned, changed, and grown over, over my life in that, uh, yeah. had that happened at a younger time, I would have been like, peace out. I'm, I'm gone. I also, uh, am <laughs> sitting here thinking about minor, but acute losses car keys mm-hmm. right okay so we use the word cute all the time and i i know what it means but i sometimes get confused so can you just sure just in case there's any no, even one listener great, out there with me no, who that, doesn't use acute great, all the time <laughs> right so um what were the two words i just used acute but you said minor minor um minor but important minor but immediate Minor, but in my face right now in this yeah. moment. So in healthcare, when we say acute, what's usually what do people use me when they say acute in the, in the healthcare? Short term. Yeah, short term or um, acute presentation. So like a, 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 I need to pay more attention because of the acuity. So as acuity is higher, mm-hmm. we talk start talking about safety more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it, it, we do use that very much within the mental health and the medical world. I appreciate you yeah. making me think about what word I was really trying to say in okay. that space. So they're minor, but they're, oh my goodness, w- yeah. what am I going to do right now? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to flip out. Hmm. So uh, so back. this is back to the car key example. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Or a, a, a item in yeah. my home. I mean, cry... I don't see that an ounce, so yeah. Right, but and I I know that. Oh man, woo! I've had doozies, and so I lost something the other day, and let me tell you, I know it's in my home. Yeah, (laughs) but it's in that one place. Renee, put it here. You'll never forget where you put it. It's such the special place ever. Yeah, I can't find it. Um, I also need to put my laundry away from that vacation. I've talked about this entire season of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's in there somewhere. But I, you guys, I went there for about three seconds. 
And then I just laughed at myself. Hmm. I did. I went there. The tears welled. And I said, oh, no, no. Hmm. This this is not what you get worked up anymore. Remember. Remember? And I did remember. And I coached myself into, no, this is not how we mm. roll. Like yeah. this. And so I, 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 I laughed it off, continued looking, haven't found it to this day. And it's just, a, okay. And yeah. can I say congratulations okay. for that? Thank because you. Yes, you can. <laughs> one of the things, sometimes the crying and the meltdowns is what feels comfortable to us because that is a behavior that we've grown accustomed to in yes. those situations. And so to have the self-awareness to laugh at the situation is hard. Sometimes people think it's the opposite, that that makes everything easier and more able to be handled. Sure. And so congratulations. Thanks. I mean, that's a huge Thank win. You. It's okay to cry. That's not yeah. what you're saying. Oh, I yeah. I can no. cry anytime I want. Thank you for clarifying that. But <laughs> no, but I love you saying that because, it, it, yeah, sure, great. It is okay to cry. I knew crying was my, I'm giving into the scenario and the yeah. loss. Yeah. I'm giving up any sense of emotional control. And wait a minute. I have a control over what I do. And right now I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to reframe my thoughts in Renee. It's an item. It's a thing. And I went and I made plans with family and I went over to somebody's house and said, just, I mean, you forget it. Literally forget about it. Yeah. Stop. You don't have it in your hands right now. So move on. I come back, look as you're doing things around the house. And it was hard, but I had to laugh it off because crying would have led to, I mean, probably like crying out. I'm like wailing and like, you know, why can't I find this? I've done this to do my, just really negative self talk. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, stop it. Stop the floodgates. Hmm. (laughs) Turn it around. And I still haven't found it. Oh, well. Sorry, Mom, if I ever find your necklace, I'll give it to you. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I want to know what it was, but I didn't want to ask just in case it it's was really like awesome. underwear. Steam I know, right? Steampunk, steampunk necklace. <laughs> the, the act of talking about our loss, and I know we, you're not maybe always ready to talk about your loss up front, but just the ability to talk through it. We were recently planning to, to make a trip with some friends, a vacation to California, mm-hmm. and we had to cancel it because we had like, couple different appliances go out just before and spent all of our vacation money replacing those appliances and so we had to cancel it and people don't really talk about finances very much but i've been just really open about the fact that we canceled our vacation because we had to spend all of our vacation money on new appliances and and talking that out and just making that okay so that's kind of like a not really significant it changed maybe one week of my life yeah i am slack jawed i would have just opened a credit card (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i don't really know if i would have yeah but i probably would have eaten sliced toast for months so i could go yeah. on vacation well we canceled that vacation and it was okay i'm proud of you yeah. Like, yeah what like that is that is something i don't even know if i could do and so that's how i'm that's how i'm not this is not trivial to me yeah this is i don't think I think I would have wallowed in that. Nope, I deserve this. I'm going. I can find the money somewhere else. When that is probably not the best financial decision, right? Yeah. I, that is a loss. My wife and I processed it together when we were making the decision for several days, and then we had to tell our kids, and that was the hardest part. Our kids oh, were yeah. devastated and, yeah. and pro- for a couple of weeks, but it was yeah. about talking about it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm saying that was 
in the grand scheme of things, not a, not a significant long-term loss for, for me or for my family. Can you throw the disclaimer in right now? Yeah. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Johnson County Government or Johnson County Mental Health Center. A lot of the ways that we conceptualize loss or even our conversation about darkness and then sun and, sure. and hope, like some of those most of those are just bound up in all of our personal beliefs. And I don't mm-hmm. just mean religious beliefs. I mean just worldview, just right. the things that shape the way we think about people mm-hmm. and why bad things can happen or why people do the things they do. The way that we experience loss is all wrapped up into that and is so unique to each individual. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. so just being able to Absolutely. recognize that in the midst and as we're working with others, as Kate had mentioned, and, and being able to recognize the points when your beliefs might not agree, but you can still empathize. You can affirm a person's feelings and empathize with them in the midst of that. Yeah. And you both have done something really neat in this space. Just sitting back and being able to listen to you is validate that every single one of us experiences loss. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Every single one of us. Nobody is immune from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's also a really kind of powerful unifier in, in a sense. I don't empathetic unifier. Hmm. That I might not agree, I might not have experienced that loss, I have and I will experience loss. Mm-hmm. And so even if a person comes to you experiencing a loss that is nothing similar to any of the losses yeah. you've experienced, there's still a sense of empathy. You could say that I, oh, I've experienced loss too. I, I know that this is hard. Yeah. Let me sit here with you. Yep. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. yeah. And just because someone is asking for help, they're not asking for an answer. Yeah. Right? That, right. that They're not looking for you, to you, for that. Um, we, we can only provide that for ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Be there. This has been really good, guys. Mm. Let's think of our wrap-up statements. Yeah. Of the, what's the one thing, the takeaway you want? I'm going to go first because I get to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I so appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that I know that I've said a couple times already is just being okay with recognizing this stinks. Mm-hmm. This is hard. I am grieving this loss. Knowing that it, it's going to get better and eventually you're going to feel it less poignantly in the long run. But just being okay with pausing and not getting to trying to silver line it, not trying to get to what the solutions are or how things might work out better in the long run or how whatever you, whatever your beliefs are about how things work out, just recognizing this stinks and that's okay for me to feel sad about that. My takeaway is going to be our bodies and our minds were made to be resilient. Hmm. We're made to... Hold on to memories, whether those be good or bad, and give us the the physical stuff, right? The body and the uh, mind memory to work through similar situations better the next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Resiliency. Yeah. We are made to be resilient. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. What I would say is don't do it alone. Yeah. We all, we always hear the phrases, you don't have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you to take that, you don't have to, and just say, don't do it alone. Yeah. Remind folks, if you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends on your social media pages. Uh, also, leave us a review or a rating on your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach more people with these messages of hope and resiliency. Thanks for joining us for another episode. I'm Keith. I'm Kate. I'm Renee. And it's okay if you're not okay. Okay.